Today is October the 19th, 2020, and Darren and I are going into the book of Obadiah. Obadiah is the shortest book in the Old Testament, written by a prophet whose common Hebrew name means servant of the Lord. The occasion for the book is one of five invasions of Jerusalem, probably that of the Philistines and tribes of Arabia in 845 BC. The nation of Edom, descendants of Esau, revolted from Judah at this time. Another episode in the long history of strife between Judah and Edom, which hearkened back to the sibling rivalry between Esau and Jacob. The message against Edom in the book is fulfilled after 70 AD when the nation disappears from history. Now Darren and I are going to turn to Obadiah and read Obadiah. It's one chapter. Obadiah chapter 1. The vision of Obadiah, thus says the Lord God concerning Edom, we have heard a report from the Lord. And an envoy has been sent among the nations, saying, Arise, and let us go against her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You are greatly despised. The arrogance of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rock, in the loftiness of your dwelling place, who say in your heart, Who will bring me down to earth? Though you build up high like the eagle, though you set your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves came to you, if robbers by night, oh, how would you be ruined? Would they not steal only until they had enough? If grape gatherers came to you, would they not leave some gleanings? Oh, how Esau will be ransacked, and his hidden treasures searched out, all the men allied with you will send you forth to the border, and the men at peace with you will deceive you and overpower you. They who eat your bread will set an ambush for you. There is no understanding in him. Will I not on that day, declares the Lord, destroy wise men from Edom and understanding from the mountain of Esau? Then your mighty men will be dismayed, O Taman so that everyone may be cut off from the mountain of Esau by slaughter. Because of the violence of your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame, and you will be cut off forever on the day that you stood aloof, on the day that strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gate and cast lots for Jerusalem. You too were as one of them. Do not gloat over your brother's day, the day of his misfortune, and do not rejoice over the sons of Judah in the day of their destruction. Yet do not boast in the day of their distress. Do not enter the gate of my people in the day of their disaster. Yes, you do not gloat over their calamity in the day of their disaster. And do not loot their wealth uh, in the day of their disaster. Do not stand at the fork of the road to cut down their fugitives and do not imprison their survivors in the day of their distress. For the day of the Lord draws near on all the nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. 
your dealings will return on your own head. Because just as you drank on the holy mountain, all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and swallow and become as if they had never existed. But on Mount Zion, there will be those who escape, and I will be holy. And the house of Jacob will possess their possessions. Then the house of Jacob will be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame. But the, the house of Esau will be as stubble, and they will set them on fire and consume them, so that there will be no survivor in the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Then those of the Negev will possess the mountain of Esau, and those of the Shephelah, the Philistine plain, also possess the ter- territory of Ephraim and the territory of Samaria. And Benjamin will possess Gilead, and the exiles of this host of the sons of Israel, who are among the Canaanites as far as Zarephath, and the exiles of Jerusalem who are in uh, Sepharad, will possess the cities in the Negev. The deliverers will ascend Mount Zion to judge the mountain of Esau, and the kingdom will be the Lord's. Okay, so now we're going to go... Darren and I are going to go into the book of Jonah. Jonah prophesied in the time of Jeroboam II, king of Israel. He predicted victory for the king, who was able to extend his realm and enjoy a time of peace and prosperity. At this time, Jonah was called by God to go preach repentance to an enemy nation, trying to destroy his own people. He tries to flee from God, but after the experience of being swallowed by a great fish and other events, he finally resigns himself to the call and goes to give God's message to Nineveh. Now Darren and I are going to turn back to the book of Jonah and read chapters 1 through 4. Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God. And they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship, laying down and fallen asleep. So the captain approached him and said, How is it that you are sleeping? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Each man said to his mate, Come, let us cast lots so we may learn uh, on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us how, tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and from what people are you? He said to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men came, became extremely frightened, and they said to him, How could you do this? 
For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. So they said to him, What should we do to you that the sea may become calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me this great storm has come up upon you. However, the men rowed desperately to return to the land, but they could not. For the sea was becoming even stormier against them. Then they called on the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life, and do not put innocent blood on us, for you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the storm, or from the stomach of the fish. And he said, I, cal- I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Shoal. You heard my voice, for you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current engulfed me. All your breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I ascended to the roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever. But you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving, that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto dry land. Jonah chapter 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation, which I am going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days' walk. Then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, and he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be destroyed. Uh, will be overthrown. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from uh, the greatest to the least of them. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, laid aside his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat on ashes. He issued a proclamation and said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd nor flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink water. But both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth, and let men call on God earnestly, that each may turn from his wicked way, and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows, God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger, so that we will not perish. When God saw their deeds, that they had turned from their wicked way, Then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would would bring upon them, and he did not do it. 
Jonah chapter 4. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. The Lord said, Do you have good reason to be angry? Then Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. There he made himself a shelter, for he made a shelter for himself, and sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen in the city. So the Lord God appointed a plant to and grew it up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from his discomfort, and Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. But God appointed a worm at when dawn came the next day, and it attacked the plant, and it withered. When the sun came up, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head, so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, Death is better to me than life. Then God said to Jonah, Do you have a good reason to be angry about the plant? And he said, I have good reason to be angry, even to death. Then the Lord said, You had compassion on the plant, for which you did not work, and which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. Thus, or should should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city, which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right hand and left hand, as well as many animals.